Welcome to Sermon Scraps this week. We started our new series looking at the book of Ephesians this week, and there was a, a lot to cover in a very short amount of time. So a couple things that I wanted to say. First, uh, like the big picture focus that I think Paul is emphasizing throughout here. Remember, verses 3 all the way through 14 is just one running uh, long sentence here. And Paul's emphasizing the work of the Trinity from eternity past to bring about his perfect plan in salvation. So we see that, that in verse uh, 4, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Um, I think that's an unbelievable verse to just think and, and reflect on together. Because uh, this is giving us a little glimpse into God's plan from eternity past. So before time even existed, before the world began, God had a plan for everything, which included salvation. What this tells us is is the uh, fall in Genesis 3 did not catch God by surprise. God, uh, in, in from eternity past, because God has existed outside of time and space, so from eternity past, God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit together worked on a perfect plan to bring about His redemption, which included salvation. And we talked a lot about predestination on Sunday, which means, uh, in, in this case, reading within the context, it means God predetermined our salvation before the world began. Now remember, when we talk about something like this, we should only go as far as the Bible allows us to go. So uh, predestination has a tendency to, to divide in conversations. Um, but don't forget, it's, it's a wonderfully uh, beautiful biblical text that's meant to comfort us and bring us um, confidence in the midst of whatever else is going on around us. So as, as I read through scripture, uh, there's some people that argue for what is known as double predestination. That is the belief that, that just as God chooses some to salvation, others are chosen to damnation or eternal separation from God. I don't see any evidence of that, however, as I read through the Bible. And just because God uh, 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 predestines some people to salvation does not mean uh, the flip side of the coin that he therefore predestines some to damnation. Again, I, I'm not entirely sure how all these pieces come together, but I only want to go as far as God has chosen to reveal himself to us in scripture. So I have some pretty major uh, theological beef with those who would argue for double predestination because I can't see any explicit mentions to that in Scripture. There's some that will go to uh, Romans 9 through 11, which I think twists and distorts some of the passages and the context of what is taking place in that book. But at the end of the day, what we're supposed to be doing and what this is uh, even predestination is meant to do is to, is to cause us to celebrate and give thanks for the reality that God has sovereign control over everything, everything that takes place. We see that in verse 10. Um, I love this phrase, the fullness of time. Uh, there's there's uh, uh, another passage, I can't remember where it is right now. Uh, I, I think I'm going to be preaching on it on the on Christmas Day this year, uh, where it talks about Jesus coming in the fullness of time. And some of what this means is in the fullness of time, th that, that nothing catches God by surprise, because everything happens as God has determined it to take place. Um, I'm listening right now to a podcast on the book of Revelation. That is, it's called Blessed, if you want to look it up, by uh, Nancy Guthrie, who uh, she did, just, just wrote a book on uh, walking through the book of Revelation called Blessed. But then this podcast is her talking to a number of uh, scholars and, and uh, authors about how, how to faithfully interpret the book of Revelation. And, and one of the things it talks about in there is, is uh, uh, Jesus is not going to come back until uh, uh, all the full number of martyrs have been killed. 
um, that doesn't feel like a blessing to us in our culture. Like we try to do as much as we can to have comfort and, and ease in our lives. Uh, but when you read through the book of Revelation, you see that there is turmoil and trouble and persecution. And people are going to die for their belief and their faith in God. It's happening right now across the world. Um, so why would we be surprised by that? And so that's some of what, what we're thinking or, or should be reflecting on when we read something like the fullness of time is, is God's time is not is not constrained like our time is. So God exists out time outside of, of time and space. So nothing ever catches him by surprise. There's another weird word here. Um, in verse 11 it says, In him we have obtained an inheritance. That word that gets translated as obtained uh, in your Bible is literally uh, translated as chosen by lot. Uh, which is almost like like God is is doing this like by random chance. So in Him we have by random chance obtained and gotten this inheritance. Having and then He goes on, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him, then changes who works all things according to the counsel of His will. So it starts to feel like it, it's this uh, random chance thing. But then even in in this we need to remember a passage like Proverbs sixteen thirty three, which says the lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. And so that again, he uh, Paul here goes on to talk about this ch- having been chosen by lot. Uh, then we have been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things, even the casting of lots according to His will. That's again, I, I think we see that explicitly in Genesis 50 with the story of Joseph, who uh, you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. So God is going to take everything, even that looks like it's a terrible thing, and actually bring redemption out of it. What verse was that? Um, There it is, verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. So if if uh, if we had never sinned, if if Jesus had never had to come, uh, we wouldn't have this this redemption in in the same way. So God's plan from all of eternity has been to send his one and only son to bear the penalty for our sins. And then because of that, we have at the end the the Holy Spirit. So remember, we have the Father choosing, the Son uh, uh, redeeming, essentially, and then the, the Spirit sealing us. Um, and, and the Spirit is the guarantee or the promise of our salvation. Now, uh, how do we know that, that we're saved? And I think that's a good question that a lot of people have asked. I remember uh, I've talked to so many friends who uh, ask Jesus into their hearts uh, like every week or at least every summer if you uh, go to camp over the summer uh, but just because you wanted to make sure that you weren't missing out on this. Well, the way that we know is we can look back and say that we have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. I mean, it's, it's not like it's a... a incantation like I think that there's a tendency to view uh, the sinner's prayer like an incantation and and uh, we're not witches so so we don't believe that um, if you believe that that Jesus Christ is the Lord and that he has risen from the dead you are saved and then the spirit confirms that within our lives it, it tells us that that we are saved and then we can demonstrate that by looking at our lives and being as as it says in verse um, oh, I can't find it now talks about being holy and blameless before him. Um, and so that, that's the way we demonstrate our salvation is by becoming or being holy and blameless people. So I, again, there's way more that we could go on this. If anyone wants to talk more about predestination or double predestination or some of the implications or even how we, we uh, define and articulate some of this belief, I'd love to sit down and talk with you. And otherwise, we'll be continuing our series in Ephesians this next Sunday. This next week will be in a prayer from Paul, verses 15 through 23. Look forward to seeing you on Sunday.
One other note for you, uh, Micah tomorrow is going to be starting a, a little video series looking at the New City Catechism. This is a question of, uh, or a number of questions that, that some people have put together to help us train our minds in, in how to think Christianly about the world around us. So we're actually going to start reciting them on Sunday mornings together. They have both an adult's version and a kid's version and an accompanying devotional to go along with it. So this is a great resource for you to help train your kids in, in some things that, that, that uh, are truths about God. I've actually been using it with my kids since almost since they were born. Um, so one of the first things I taught Calvin when he was just learning how to talk was, was some of these questions and responses. Like the very first question out of the gate is, who is God? And then we will recite together that God is the creator. So if you want to, you can look at at, you can download the app for it to your phone. It's it's completely free. You can check the website. Just Google New City Catechism, and you'll be able to find it. And I hope and pray that's a wonderful resource and an encouragement for you as as you continue learning and growing and understanding about who it is that God is and how He has created and designed everything around us to operate. So look uh, look in your emails. I think we're going to be using the general communication update. If you haven't signed up for those, I'd encourage you to sign up for them. Um, and you can if you if you aren't able to access that, feel free to to reach out to anyone on staff here, and we'll be able to get you signed up for those.